This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I was joined by LG Doucette, who has a humongous following in the Top Shot community and wider sports NFT space. He's the founder uh, of The First Mint, and we talked all about this new SoRare NBA product, what it might look like, uh, just the communities in general and what we can expect. It was a very sort of, it was very focused on that. So if you're here for football this week, you might be in the wrong place, but I hope you enjoy it regardless. Please do subscribe and we'll see you next time. LG Doucette. I said it right, I pray, I hope. You did. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. You're the founder of The First Mint, which is, I first knew it as a huge kind of Top Shot podcast, but now mm-hmm. you talk more generally about NFTs in the world of Web3. Um, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, John. And, and uh, you know, I want to say right off the bat, like fantastic work uh, with your show. You know, I've followed you since the early days of the first mint looking for other creators in the space. And I will proudly say that you and I are two of the very first podcasts about NFTs. Uh, yeah. There's a lot now. There's a lot of really fantastic ones, but I think you and I should should definitely give ourselves a little bit of OG status and also a fantastic jersey. That's Thanks. Great. Yeah. So for anyone who's watching this, this is mostly listened to, but for anyone watching, um, I put on a Chicago Bulls counterfeit jersey I got in, <laughs> I think, Thailand about 10, nice. 15 years ago. Yeah. That's where it's is at. It, is, that, is it like Rose on the back or something? Um, uh, I think I so. Think yeah. I think it's Rose. D Rose. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, was I wanted a, a Bulls jersey and it was like 20 quid because it was so counterfeit. And we were sitting here and I invited you and I was like, wait a second. I was wearing like an Orlando City soccer top and I went and was like, I have this. I went and dug it out and here we are. I'm showing off the guns on the podcast for the first time. Man, yeah. Careful where you aim those things, man. (laughs) I might actually have to uh, do this more often because when you stream in a little room like this, it gets hot very quick. Uh, The PC, the lights, everything else. I, I could get used to this way of living. Funny side story, speaking of jerseys. This is kind of mad, LG. I was out walking my dog today. And for context, I live in like a suburbs area of like the city. So it's not like it's a, a lot of footfall. It's not like busy streets. It's a mm-hmm. very little quiet kind of neighborhood vibe. And I was walking my dog wearing an Orlando City soccer top. Mm-hmm. And I was walking past a garden. Now, this is really weird over here. And a guy was wearing the same jersey, like washing his car. Like wow. that's I can't tell you how mad that is. I, wow. I would say like the amount of Orlando City jerseys in Ireland is minimal. And this guy and me wore it on the same day and walked past each other. We both had like a moment where we were like, bro. And he was like, bro. And I was like, no way. And he's like, I can't believe it. I think he took a selfie wow. and all. That's how crazy that was. Holy shit. That's pretty sweet, man. What'd you guys, what'd you guys, you guys took a selfie? He took a selfie. I should have took one. He I took really a selfie. Took for content. Did yeah, he know, did he recognize you from TikTok? No, I'm not quite that famous yet. <laughs> someday, someday, yeah. But are you sure he wasn't like, "Hey, you're the guy who talked about the most expensive pints." Isn't you're, you're that you? That guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someday, I hope. I hope that's the level of like fame I get to someday. You know that? Like, are you sure? Randomly, Would you want that though? Would you want that, I John? Because like, I even, you know, when I started and people were like, you know, we had suddenly we had like thousands of listens and people would get really excited. I was like, holy shit! Like, what if this becomes? What if they? What if one? 
you know, obviously you entertain those possibilities. And it was just like, what if they put me on ESPN one day to talk about Top Shot, which is like, that's, that's the level, yeah. just to give you a sense of the level of euphoria early on for Top Shot that we all thought was going to be, but like, obviously yeah. this could be normal sports shows on ESPN about this. But at first I was like, do I, would I want that? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to like walk around with people like, Hey, you're the guy, you know, like, I don't know if I could ever deal with that. <laughs> It's, I'm happy to be like known in the NFT like nerd mm-hmm. community, but beyond that is like I I I I don't want to be able to not go to the store or something. Oh yeah, what know? I'm saying like I mean I don't I actually think like the cap of like popularity in this space like for me anyway like whatever I do I don't think it's actually being a household name. I don't think you ever get to that. I don't think you'll be a George Clooney. I don't think you'll be even a CDE list <laughs> celebrity. But you might get the like level where the occasional person might recognize you and that's kind of fun if you're with someone because you feel all important so yeah i don't mind that i would hate to actually be famous it's not going to happen in this this stream of life i don't think but i mean if i was actually like an amazing musician or something i think i would do my tits in but i've been (sighs) recognized twice in real life i got recognized when i was out drinking yeah i was drinking in kilkenny and a guy brought me Uh. to a house party he recognized me from yeah. YouTube. And then I got recognized no by a guy, Jay Renz, who plays so rare, who had been in my DMs like a week before. And I was at a West Ham game and he like tapped me on the shoulder as I was walking around vlogging. Madness. Wow. Because I don't have wow. like mad amounts of views. It's very niche. That, you know, that is pretty cool, man. I like that a lot. Yeah. No, I think I think I'd want to be at that same level, like enough so that somebody buys me a pint in a pub. Yeah. Let's let's but milk them. Not not like not like people ch- like George or like Austin Powers level where people chase you around. Like I, yeah. I could never do that. Like that I I need to wear I, if I was like that, I have to wear like a mask out or something like that. You know, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't handle that. So yeah, that's cool. But that's cool you've been recognized, man. That's 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 yeah, pretty it's big. weird. If I, I really like played up to it in front of like um my friends, but I think like you might find you'd get recognized if you went to like basketball games every day, you know. That's where you might get recognized, or if right. NFT conventions or there at, at conventions definitely, but I don't count that. Yeah, I don't count NFT conventions. Different. You know, no, that's you, that's of course like that's. But you kind of even even at NFT like you know we've been to NFT NYC a few times and NFT LA. There, it's like even you stand you're standing at a party and you start talking to someone and they're like, "Hey, my screen name is like I don't know, you know, Big Boy." 69 or something <laughs> then you're like oh shit like i know you from this discord and you're like oh yeah, that's yeah. you like you even you know there's like funny screen names so it's not it's not you know you kind of just know a little bit of everybody in those spaces but yeah uh, yeah so at, at conventions as being one of the only people i would say who's done streams and like kind of shows their face a lot i've i've yeah. definitely been recognized but usually by people that i know like not by not by people i've never heard of but like people that i've chatted with on twitter and they're like hey i'm so and so and i'll be like oh cool you know good to meet you right and yeah. so it's it almost like just kind of internet friends i'd say more so that recognize me than than it's it's very funny meeting fans. internet friends in real life i've done a couple of like oh, meets yeah. where i went over to orlando as i mentioned i went over here but like in orlando there's there's a guy there, Sean, and you're going like, hey, instead of just going, hey, Sean, you're going, hey, PSU fans too. Uh, yeah. da, 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 or like, hey, Trippin' B, where are we going, man? There you go. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's hilarious. It. But look, we've lots to talk about. Um, yeah. And we're, we're going to be here for probably about another 40 minutes. So we'll, get, we'll actually start chatting about what we're here to talk about, which is so rare NBA. They've launched this. Um, they haven't launched it quite yet, but they've announced it. We'll hopefully be getting more details very soon about the gameplay, about the scarcity of cards, about how it's all going to work. But I think there's two things I want to kind of throw at you here and see what you have to say. So first off, I think a lot of us kind of thought, we we knew that Sora were going to announce two American sports this year. That's been common knowledge for maybe 
three, four, five, six months. Right. I think in my head, I kind of had NBA chalked off as not possible because right. the the Top Shot exists. But yeah, I, I did. I was told through the grapevine about six months ago, and I said it in the podcast that I was told mm. that there was a difference in collectible licenses and fantasy licenses. That's right. So it seemed improbable, but it's happened. What were like the honest reactions from your community? And I think like a large theme of this podcast that I want to get across early and just put this out there is, you know, me and all the listeners to this show, we live in a little echo chamber somewhat in our Twitter spaces, in our discords, in our WhatsApp groups. I kind of want to put this a little bit as like you and the wider NFT slash sports slash Topshot community and us, because we all have opinions on this, but they maybe aren't that objective. So what was the honest reaction from you and your community to this? Did anyone care or what no honestly really? i think i think it was a little bit of indifference <laughs> oh, wow. john and yeah. i and, and i'll explain to you because there's a history there it's not it's not because of so rare itself there's a bit more uh baggage there but i'll tell you that i think the thing that most people in top shot care the most about is top shot yeah right it's like it's like they have been through so much right because top shot was this like there was a point, you know, at the start of 2021 where it's like there were a few things in like the tech world that were bigger than Top Shot. Like that's how yeah. tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people first got an NFT. Right. So it's like so that that's really significant. And then Top Shot rose up and then crashed super hard. And a lot of people stuck around and were like, you know what, they'll figure it out. Even if my uh, NFTs are never worth the same, um, there's still a fantastic product here because the, the platform is really good. The product is exciting. People love basketball. And everything that's happened since then, it, it's been a roller coaster of emotion, of communications, of they introduce new supply. People hate it. They do challenges. People love it. It's It's been a real mixed bag of emotions. So something like, hey, uh, a competing platform has the same has the NBA license as well, and they're going to roll out a similar but somewhat different product. I don't think really worries the core of Top Shot collectors because the ones that are still there, they're not leaving, man. They they are hardcore. They see the long term vision of the product, and they're going to be undeterred by something like that. So, yeah, I don't. I think I think it's like I think the immediate response, and I had been warned. Um, like maybe an hour before the news broke, somebody messaged me be like, hey, this is about to go live. Just so you know, be ready to like comfort your community. And I was like, honestly, my community is not going to care. They're not going to care because yeah. they they, they want to know what's happening with Top Shot. They don't care about what the NBA is doing. Um, and that's also, John, to explain to you and something I told you in the pre-show that I, I wanted to show you um, is that this is this is not there has been another NFT project that the NBA has done in between mm-hmm. Top Shot and the Sora announcement. And it's a project that was launched last spring called the Association, and it trades on Ethereum. If you go to OpenSea, you can find it. It's called the Association NBA, and there are these ugly ass <laughs> trading <laughs> cards of NBA players that are supposed to basically like they're they're supposed to be like generative, so they evolve as players win trophies. So it's like the Warriors won last year, so Steph Curry was the MVP of the finals or whatever. So now he has like his card has like a you know a crown and like a trophy in it. So it kind of the, yeah. the NFTs change. But this was the most random project. You go look at it, it's like it's literally the players but what they did is they used the same body template of every player and then just photoshopped a different head and changed the skin tone for each one. Like it's, it is the laziest, weirdest project. And the NBA put this out at the start of the playoffs last year. And it was incredibly confusing for top shot collectors. They're like, okay, 
I'm supposed to be collecting Top Shot. Now the NBA is releasing some completely different, weird collection. What's going on? So now, flash forward to today, the so rare announcement, they're like, okay, whatever. Like, we don't know what the hell the NBA is doing. Just, just let's just focus on Top Shot. So um, I think that's been the reaction. The secondary reaction is people are really curious, right? People, yeah. people like playing fantasy. They, they want to play fantasy. One of the highlights of last season on Top Shot was a fantasy element. They did some like nightly challenges or a couple times a week they do a challenge. So it'd be something like, uh, you know, by, you know, for tonight's games, you'll need the five players who had the most rebounds tonight. And they'd announce that before the games. And then so you'd have to go out and get whoever you thought were going to collect the most rebounds or assists or points or, or and so on. Um, and then the next morning, the challenge would close and you had to have them in your collection and submit the challenge and you get a new card or whatever. So so there was already like a gamified kind of fantasy element from last season that was introduced. So I think when the so announcement came along, people were like, OK, uh, I like playing fantasy basketball. Maybe I'll go check that out. And I would say that, that sentiment still holds today of like a very open mind um, because people people do like the idea of digital basketball cards and, and they want to play. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, th- I think it's very interesting because, you know, I think a lot of us in the so rare world, to come with it from the other angle, is we've all probably been like, oh my God, we're going to get all the wounded top shot people who are all like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like literally wounded. the critical and like, they've I've all... never heard anybody call the, the top shot community wounded, but it's, I think, it's like, not, but again, again from like our, our perception, and again, this is relatively bad because we obviously both come from different like little echo chambers, as I keep saying, where like Absolutely. from our perspective, top shot is. This project that never had like utility, it was collectability, mm-hmm. it was overproduced, mm-hmm. it was it boomed in the NFT boom and it crashed hard. And how are they ever gonna get that back? Because there's no utility. That's how we look at it. Because we're so utility driven and so rare with the fantasy game, the winning more cards, the winning Ethereum, the winning jerseys and tickets and all the rest, that when we look at that, we kind of go, I think in many respects, we look at it and kind of go like, well, shop, Top Shot's dead now, and so Rare's about to do Top Shot, but better. And I know moments are different, and I know there are a million reasons why that might not necessarily be true, but that's kind of maybe just the like blunt, basic opinion of a lot of the community. Um, so we kind of look at that, I think, and go, all these guys and gals who lost a load of money or maybe didn't lose money, but lost hypothetical money, you know, they haven't maybe sold, so technically they haven't got a loss, blah, blah, blah. They might go, so rare is like a new top shot that could be we could get in early play the fantasy game and over time it could become super collectible as an officially licensed product with defined scarcities and blah 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 mm. but i don't know that, that's kind of i think, I like think what our I, community looks at it as but i think your community feels the same way as the top shot community yeah yeah i don't think i don't i think people are still want to see top shot succeed and they're still worried about their top shot bags um, but in terms of the over dilution of products, um, wanting to play fantasy, wanting to win, I think, I think, I think they are the same people, mm. you know what I mean? I think they're the same people, very similar goals. Um, and I'll tell you that probably one of the biggest, um, it's it, I, disappointment's the wrong word because people were able to do this last year with, uh, the, the slight fantasy element on top shot. Um, but I'd say bigger picture, one of the bigger disappointments I think on top shot has been people not being able to use their NBA knowledge to win, right? Mm. So something like, uh, okay, who's who's going to be the biggest breakout player of this coming season, right? And can they go collect that person's NFTs? Um, that's it. Doesn't there's it, the price doesn't really move that much on Top Shot for something like that because there's too much supply, right? There's yeah. there's too many of them, and then maybe they'll be occasionally used in some of these challenges, but there's not nearly enough of like 
if you know who, you know, if you can pick, if you can identify five players and two teams that are going to really surprise everybody this year, you can do really well. That doesn't really exist on Top Shot. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like that exists on So Rare. 100%. It's yeah. like, I think collect, collectability is very much secondary. And I think an interesting mm-hmm. thing we'll see in the NBA, NBA world and I think a lot of it will be because a lot of these people will be top shot savvy. If you know, if they're NFT um, savvy, I've just said that word twice. But if they are F- NFT savvy people who like basketball, there is a high chance they've either came from the top shot world or are at least aware of it. And if that's, that's right. the case, I think there will be a lot more emphasis on low serial numbers as there are in the top shot world. Jersey mints mm-hmm. might go for a little bit more compared to like their soccer mm-hmm. counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big difference again is that utility and that that knowledge edge. And if people can come in from the basketball community who genuinely know basketball, who you might be competing with early doors is a bunch of football loving people like me who genuinely don't know basketball, but who know so rare and want to give it a crack. I'm playing so rare MLB. I do not know baseball at all. Like I really don't. And I'm out here buying. Ronald Acuna's and Shohei Otani's to ping them into a lineup and hope I win something because I believe in the so rare vision longer term. And I'll be the same with NBA. I'll be going to be like, okay, who can I get? Give me Jamarant. Give me Zion Williamson. Give me Giannis. And let's see what happens, baby. But if you really know basketball and you can come in, and it's been happening in MLB where people who genuinely come in and know their shit, they're coming in and they're not just spunking loads of money at the low serial number superstars. They're buying those more niche guys who have good fixtures or lineup or um, good whatever. I don't know if you call them fixtures too, I imagine. Do basketball call them fixtures? Yeah. No. So, no. Um, no, they call them matchups. <laughs> Something cheesy in American anyway. <laughs> but I wouldn't know. I'm, I wouldn't know I'm Canadian. I, I heard the oot and I kind of knew. Uh, <laughs> but Listen, they, man, uh, we got that. We got that from the UK, from all you guys. Okay. Like this is, we're oot? all descendants of, of well, whatever. Yeah. This is, we're all your like weird bastard across the ocean children. Okay. Listen, yeah, we yeah, still, good. we still, we still have the friggin' the queen still on the money here. Okay. So it's like, is we're, she? we're part of this. We're part of the same. Yeah. Oh, I'll show you, man. Oh, here, you want yeah, to see, um, see Canadian money? Sorry. This is, we're on a completely different tangent. Yeah, here she is. There she is. There and you go. is this a is this a new note? Uh this is probably you'll have issued the in the last ten years. This is if issued sometime in the last ten years, I would say. This is our newest our newest money because it has this kind of that's, hologram like invisible. So that's not, that's not the first mint of the Canadian dollar. See what I did there? Oh no, it's not. It's not. We have a bunch of <sighs> we have a bunch of weird shit on our money, man. Like we got we have like people in space. I don't know if you can see that. Our oh, one yeah. contribution to the space program is something called the Canada Arm, which is just a giant arm that attaches oh. to the International <laughs> Space Station. <laughs> well, there we go. Anyways, so yeah, yeah, you're our across the water bastards. We're but, yeah, we're um, we're in the yeah, we're in the same pot here in some way. Yeah, cool. So the point is that people can come in who know basketball and genuinely benefit from basketball knowledge, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you could come in and win your LeBron James with your weird grizzly stack. Or next stack, I don't know naming teams, but you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do want to, John. I do want to ask you actually about um, since we're talking about all the the, the issues in the Top Shot community, I do want to ask you about the issues in the Sorare community. Yes, because uh, I don't I don't know what they are, and I'm sure everybody does have some of these. But I do want to I do want to help you guys understand one other um, problem that probably isn't. Uh, is an unfortunate problem because nobody meant it this way, but that does plague um, the Top Shot being proper collectibles. 
Um, yes, there's an oversupply. Of course, everybody knows that. Um, but in a, even an oversupply, the natural, probably most valuable NFTs um, or items would be the first ones, right? So even in the card world, right, like a LeBron rookie from 2004 is yeah. gonna is gonna outpace pretty much any any other card he ever has, right? That's that's normal, um, and I'm sure you know in the football world it's the same thing, where you have like the original moments of the best players are gonna be easily the best ones, right? Um, yeah. In Top Shot, um, Top Shot was launched just over two years ago in mid 2020, and they didn't know if it was gonna do well because back then NFTs were this unknown niche part of the blockchain, and. Um, what they did to kind of bootstrap it is they invited because the Dapper who created Top Shot is the same company that created CryptoKitties. If you're familiar with mm. CryptoKitties yeah. from five years ago, so they they wanted to bootstrap the the Top Shot market and they they invited a lot of people from CryptoKitties to be like, hey, do you want to come in and buy some of the first packs we're going to make and kind of test it out for us? And those people did. And in those first few months, which is uh, I joined about two years ago today, probably. Um, during that time when I joined, I was a couple months late. A lot of those OGs had bought up a lot of what they considered to be the long-term valuable supply. So the first edition moments, uh, the first issues of LeBron and all that kind of stuff. And when I mean they soaked up the supply, I mean they bought all of it. Like they created the market, like a group of maybe 200 people really created the market. And through all of 2020, when I was there, that's all that's the only people that were there. It was like, am I you know, I'm trading cards with a couple hundred like basketball nerds, like what's happening? And some of them weren't really basketball nerds, but they were like, this is cool. And then Top Shot exploded. And now you have too much supply. But where not just you have too much supply, but the most valuable supply, the original, the grails are still in the hands of the original 200 people. Yeah. So you kind of have a problem where everybody who's a true basketball fan and who's discovering Top Shot now has never had a chance to collect the most valuable items. Yeah. Because they're in the hands, they're locked in the hands of, of people early on. And that's not, those people didn't mean poorly. Like that's normal. Of course, you think this thing's going to be big, buy as much of it as you can. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's kind of an issue that plagues. So it's like you want the best LeBron NFT on Top Shot. It's like open your wallet. You know, because you'll that, that's, that's the only way the you'll ever have a chance at it. Right. So um, that's kind of a, a situation that as a collectible product, not a fantasy product, not a game, not a gamification as a collectible uh, is a bit challenging, honestly, in, in the Top Shot community. That's probably that's the same across all collectibles. Surely if you go into the physical card market, you know, if you want to go buy your Mickey Mantle or whatever, you know, it's open your wallet. And that's the way I mean. It is one of those, I suppose, that everyone kind of wants to be early in and have the chance to get the most collectible version of the card they want or the player they love. But I think a lot of us are going to come in here now to NBA, uh, so rare NBA, as it is launched. And in those first mints, well, the, the pricing will be super competitive because everyone's mm -hmm. going to want the one-offs and the, the jersey mints. Mm -hmm. Outside that, you could get very low mints at, based on what happened in MLB for probably pretty fair prices. Um but it is an issue, I think, with like so rare in general, where you know there are a bunch of whales who own the best unique cards that are like the strongest cards in the game. And if you genuinely want to come in and compete at the highest level, it, the really important thing from a fantasy perspective is that progression exists, and the progression needs to be mm -hmm. real. And actually, there mm -hmm. has to be a chance of it. So rare has really worked on that, where now they have these different tournaments like Underdog and Specialist, where basically with mm -hmm. guys who don't perform too well who are more likely to be budget you can win the best guys. And what that does is creates more liquidity in the lower ends of the market. And it also means that 
you know, you can use that knowledge and target fixtures and pick a guy who no one else has their eyes on because he's at a poor run of form or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And you can just use that knowledge to, to progress faster. But mm. still, the chances of competing with the guys that were here three, four years ago and have the Erling Haaland uniques and the Kylian Mbappe uniques and the Trent Alexander-Arnold uniques and the best under-23 uniques and the best uniques in the game, the Lionel Messi uniques, you know, you've, you aren't going to be able to compete with that. But I think the way we look at it very much is kind of like, while it's not gambling and it's not poker, it's a nice analogy. It's an easy analogy where you don't go to play poker if you're skint and you have no money and sit down at the $50 blind table. You sit down at the $1, $2 blind. Do you know? Right. So it's about, it's about, it's almost, it gets into a much deeper thing about like capitalism and in just society in general, right. where there are always going to be the higher earners who play at higher stakes who can afford something you can't. And it's about, for so rare, the important thing I think is that they're really trying to get that free to play across, and they're trying to with increased scarcities, in like that'll like the the increased supply which should push down the prices. These limited cards, if you want to come into MLB, you can probably field a team for ten twenty dollars. You know, right? And that makes it accessible to the passionate fan. But maybe it is mm-hmm. disheartening if an agent like me who's got on early, you just can't compete with me because I got on early. How how does your community feel? How do you guys feel about about catering, or, or does so rare cater to the highest spenders? Because I know the free to play part is important. Obviously, that mm-hmm. that's the easiest way to get new people in. So you know, once the NBA thing launches, you'll definitely soak up a lot of Top Shot people and other people that are curious and come in. Um, but how much how much does so rare want those people versus they want the people at the fifty thousand dollar poker table? I think so rare are very, very much so, particularly in the last year, leaning more to the volume over like the lots of smaller spenders as opposed to a few wheels. And actually right. to a point that it does, I wouldn't say it worries me, but I definitely would be considered a wheel. Um, hmm. I would, I wouldn't say it worries me massively. Thanks. Yeah. You got in early. That's cool. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I don't know what, Good, that's no, that's thing. okay. What, Good for you. What, what's the, what's the level to be a wheel? That's the question. But I think in our community, I'm um, probably considered one. No, but I think that most whales are anonymous in crypto, man, and in the and in the world of finance. Is that because you know I'm what I mean? Like you don't like even in Ethereum <laughs> and Bitcoin, everyone's like, "Oh, look at this wallet with you know, it has fifty thousand bitcoins and it hasn't done anything in five years, and now it's doing something." Like, who the fuck yeah. is that? Whereas you, it's like, good if you're a whale and you're a content creator, then it's like, yeah, people want to know what you're doing and they want to hear from you. And if they get yeah. any hate towards that, is is just jealousy, and that's that's too bad. But listen, if they keep listening to you, maybe they'll find out how to be a whale for something else too. But that that's the thing, you know. I've been wrong before, but I got into so rarely enough compared to the bulk of the listenership. There's people who listen to this who got in before me. It is mm. in my head a bit of luck. But the the, the point I'm making here is. Around, I feel like so rare are trying to get more people in at lower budgets to play at a lower budget game with like the higher scarcity cards, and they're really trying to go down the like more accessible route. I think early the barrier to entry was too high, and when I say it worries me a little bit, it makes me wonder like, you know, there's divisions that haven't had massive reward boosts and stuff. And I, I say that, but today they did boost the rewards in one of the divisions that's kind of higher up the pack in order. Um, what's the di- oh so like super division? rare cards so like the super okay. rare division where the blue cards like in in football right. have has got a bit of a buff to the rewards which is great because it very mm. much needed it i don't even know if it's enough yet to justify truly competing in that but for a long time unique the top division has essentially been clo- a closed shop unless you go and dump 30 40 grand in right super okay. rare you probably could compete a bit better but it's it's not quite that budget but it's still a bit saucy for shit enough rewards for the amount you have to put in they've buffed them a bit 
and then you go into like a hybrid between that and the rare but the the lower divisions they've like really they've been pumping a lot of new rewards in and stuff recently and okay. experimenting massively with that in terms of different ways mm. of playing the game so that it isn't just the best team wins you have to pick guys where almost like salary caps and stuff where you have guys who can be this good and then guys who aren't this good and then you have to put in a shitter pretty much in every team they're really toying about with it but i think like i, I think so rare want more people engaged mm-hmm. in so rare rather than mm-hmm. less high net worth individuals and a rich right. boys club which is probably okay. good overall for the platform long term or like just for community but it's um, good if you're a tech product that's what you want you need yeah. you need volume of users as a tech product. You need a lot of users using the product every single day. If you're a tech company, that is the ultimate goal. Um, but if you're a company that wants to be a casino, then it's a little bit different. Yeah, you want a lot of people. But I, actually, I don't I don't know how casinos operate in terms of their big spenders versus the small spenders. Uh, John, yeah, uh, how much how much is your how much is your how much is your Sora collection worth? I need see, to so ask. rare data values it, and again, this this isn't necessarily mad whale, but in so rare terms, this is. I would say, if I say I'm not a whale, people would be at home going, "You are a bloody whale," and I don't think I'm that much of a whale. <laughs> I'm kind of in between. I'm like a baby whale. I'm like a, yeah. Anyway, probably like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Fuck! Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it. it I mean, it's it's it 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 kind of grow, like catches up on you, and like for perspective, like that's that's like not money that i would have had in my life before um yeah. based off so rare and all the other things that have spun off it and whatever else you know i'm very comfortable having that money there um because mm-hmm. i i almost use it as like i spoke to this last week or two weeks ago i almost use my collection as like an entertainment vehicle to make content mm-hmm. hoping that the opportunities come through my content and whatever else but mm-hmm. um you, you mentioned congratulations the there. that's really cool man hold on it, that's that's amazing good for you thanks yeah look, there's a point where my top shot collection there's a point where my Top Shot collection was worth seven hundred thousand dollars US, but I didn't do oh, much wow. about it when it was. <laughs> for for perspective, like how much is it worth now, or how much did you sell it for? Or um, I've kind like, of I've 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 definitely sold a lot over over time. Um, just off like uh, both based on you know even uh, obviously there's a con you know there's a small conflict there being a creator and 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 yeah talking about something but also taking profit but also telling but at the same time I make podcasts where I'm like you should take profit like to other people yeah. like you should take money um but I've also kind of tried to gear my collection towards uh like what I think is important long term and also when I want to collect long term so naturally I've trimmed the fat on that but then also created a lot of capital for myself to dabble in other nfts and also dab, dabble in other dapper labs nfts so it was like mm. it was like you know when they announced nfl a year ago i was like oh shit i need money for that and i don't yeah. know if i wanted to like pull my more of my own money into it so i was like well i'm gonna you know i think a lot of people in the market did this so like i'm gonna sell some stuff to get ready for nfl and then also ufc so i've i've built some or small bags in 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 those two but i'd say right now i think my top shot collection is probably probably down to like maybe forty thousand dollars us um yeah which is decent, but I, I like what I have. So, you know, there's no complaints there. And, um, yeah. and, and I think I've taken profit and probably just put it into a lot of other stuff at this point, um, you know, as NFTs kind of exploded. So, um, but it's good. I'm happy for people to, uh, I think it's important. I think it's important for everybody to take victories um, and, and very happy to, to hear about your, your frothy portfolio. Well, you see, it's not necessarily a victory yet because I could oh. be sitting in front of the next Top Shot without knowing it, and this will be <laughs> twenty grand next year. But that's no, the truth, you know. You so- guys, no, you're not. You guys are engaged. You guys are playing every day. You have divisions. You have clear yeah. rules of what the product is. Top Shot doesn't have that, and I, I, I'll tell you right now, it's like I, I have, I have a lot of good friends that work at Top Shot. I become friends with a lot of people at Dapper Labs, and, and I really 
like and love a lot of the people there and they mean really well. Um, but Top Shot has not found its way. It hasn't figured out exactly what the product is going to be. It's going to keep experimenting with a lot of stuff. And they've put that out there. They've said, we're going to keep iterating. We're going to keep trying. Be patient with us. Um, so it hasn't found the clear utility. It hasn't found the clear path to being a, a top tier collectible product. Whereas SoRare has a very, to me, has a, and you, you wanted to know how the Top Shot people felt about SoRare. I think a lot of people see it as like it has a very clear defined purpose of how you come yeah. and you play and you can win and you can have fun. It's very it's it feels like it stays in that lane a lot. Um, and yeah. that's been the key to the to its success. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've mentioned two things in the last sort of five minutes. You mentioned um, well, I kind of mentioned poker and the gambling thing come up, which is I'm just trying to segue nicely here and I'm butchering it. So there's the gambling bit. And you also mentioned what Sora has the top shot didn't something the top mm. shot had has that so rare doesn't is packs so uh, so rares never went down the pack route interesting. um and i think we think that's largely down to circumnavigating gambling regulations globally mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. is that a good thing bad thing how do you think people would take to that coming into the into so rare do you think a lot of the top shot guys would be like <sighs> where do i buy the packs or do you think they'd like oh having the- for sure listen opening a pack is so fun i know awesome. i wish for content listen, as well Oh, yes, absolutely, because you don't know what's inside. So you might have the one of one, the rarest thing possible hiding in there, and it might be the biggest disappointment ever. Like that is, I think the pack, I think if there's anything that Dapper and Top Shot and all their products do best in class in all the entire NFT space, it is the pack experience and the pack, the the, the gamification of the packs, the dynamics of the packs, um, different. Now they have, when they release packs next week, they're, um, they're releasing... Uh, classic classic plays from the 1986-87 season. Uh, so with a bunch of like old school like Lakers and Celtics moments like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and, and all these old players like that. Patrick Ewing, uh, no, uh, Patrick Ewing and Dennis Rodman, uh, some other good, you know, Bulls, uh, or at least uh, Rodman yeah. being a good classic Bulls player. They're releasing that, but even for the releases, they have great dynamics of like, okay, there is a, there's, we have a certain allotment for people that have a certain score in their collection. So you have a certain amount of moments, you get to potentially get one of these packs and then it moves down the ladder. So there's definitely like exclusivity of how much you've collected gives you access to a higher chance at getting good packs. Um, and then the actual experience, like the interface, opening them, clicking them one at a time, there's music uh, is really exciting. And I think that that's like one of the most exciting parts. Like a lot of people uh, struggle to keep their you can keep your pack sealed if you want. Um, and people struggle to do that, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of fun dynamics there. They don't have a pack marketplace yet. They've promised it for a very, very, very long time. I saw I saw someone on Twitter when you posted that you're asking for questions. Somebody asked about they had some packs left. That has not rolled out yet. Uh, I hope they roll it out soon. I have a lot of packs. I think I have about 30 packs um, just sitting in my collection uh, that I don't open. But yeah, the pack part is awesome. People are definitely, and people are definitely going to come to Silware being like, where are the packs at? When is the, pa- yeah. when is the, when did the packs drop, John? Like yeah, that's what yeah, people are going to yeah. want to know. I'm going to get so annoyed. People, listen, what's going to happen, John, is people are going to be like, oh, Silware is launching. I'm going to go sign up. Which podcast do I listen to? And yeah. when do the packs drop? Those are, those are the main questions. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to get inundated in my, like, Twitter DM requests. Where do you get the packs? Oh, you don't get packs. But I see you doing openings yeah. of reward. Yeah, that's re- yeah. I think the closest they get to it is the 
the reward openings where like you win a star rare and it's like, oh, right. this could be exciting. It could be anyone. And then you click into it and right. it reveals. That's exciting. Okay. That's the closest we get to packs, but you have to win that's that cool. and you don't pay for yeah. it because then if you had to pay for it, then you'd be gambling and whatever else. I think um, in terms of, you know, what it's a lottery shop- law. Sorry, just to touch on the the legal aspect, it's lottery laws. Um, okay. Because, because it's essentially a lottery ticket. Right. Like lottery tickets work that way. Like even a scratch and win works that way where it's like you're buying something for five dollars and you might win nothing. You might win two dollars. You might win ten dollars. You might win a million dollars. Yeah. Right. So it's it's like they have to they had to work around the lottery laws basically or work with the lottery laws for that. Why don't, why can't so rare do that or why haven't so rare done that? It might be. I honestly think it might be based on the license. Yeah, because because it's not just the platform like navigating that is the license and i have no doubt that the premier league that the nba that every sports major sports organization has an army of lawyers ready to make sure that they do not cross yeah. any legal lines into when it comes to gambling yeah i'd say so yeah. something yeah. that i think maybe maybe you disagree but something that from the outside oh, please top shot seemed to do and i think it is down to the lack of utility it seemed that that hype had to have came around collectorship or collecting. That's maybe something so rare hasn't seen so much. You know, a few people like the the one offs go for a little bit more. People do like to get a jersey mint, but it's not like massively overpaying. Maybe in baseball, right. we've seen it a bit more. Um, is it like how did how can so rare promote this culture of collecting better? Like so rare seem to they like to put themselves out there as this. Hmm. collect your favorite this is and play free to play fantasy when really behind all that there's a lot of money at play and most people care about the utility of fantasy more than collecting is there like anything top shot did that really clearly so rare can take from that to try and like collecting challenges or collect x amount to burn it to get hmm. this or is there anything that comes to mind when i throw that at you hmm that's a great question how can they be better at really why did people why like did people just buy product? into top shot and want to collect was it hype was it fomo so or was so what genuine... happened what happened to the so, so that's a great question actually let's start there so so what happened at the start of top shot is uh like in terms of the boom is it caught traction in the fantasy football world and fantasy like american football world which is which is which is a huge universe uh with a lot of money and that was towards the end of the nfl season at the time so like mid-january uh, during the playoffs and I think a lot of those people who are gamblers, fantasy players, spend a lot of money every week doing this stuff. A lot of them cross over with the card collecting world, uh, especially in the US. And those people were like, oh, sh-. as soon as they saw Top Shot, they were like, this is the future of card collecting. Forget my cardboard collection. Forget I, I got my new card and I have to send it to a place to get it graded and all that. They're like, forget that. This is exactly the same thing, but I can... Instantly, it's liquid, and I can trade it with anybody in the world. Is like was so much more appealing, and I got tons of DMs, John, from people saying, "I'm selling all my cards, and I'm putting all that money into Top Shot." And so it drove that hysteria of like, "Holy shit, this is what the blockchain is meant for." This kind of stuff, authentication of collectibles. So yeah. Top Shot, at the end of the day, was like the battering ram for that for that idea. Um, and Top Shot also had clear rules for what's most valuable. They're like, this is the base set. This will always be the base set. This is the the hologram ones. You know, they yeah. had clear parallels with the card collecting world that 
were very clear, like, this is the best, this is the best, this is the best, this is the worst. So yeah. I think that that's what they had, um, where it sounds like so rare has never angled itself as a collectible and neither has the community. It sounds more like it's been about gamification, but that's more your yeah. area. Yeah, I think I think early days we we always refer to a Gary V boom, which happened on I think Valentine's Day twenty one, where he tweeted about <laughs> yes. it, and everyone got involved. I remember that. And I remember before he called that, it Sorare. Sorare. Mbappe. I want my Mbappe. Sorare. 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 Mbappe. I love that. So that yeah. uh, before that, you know, a lot of the one offs and the cereal or the jersey mints, everyone was like, ah, no one really cares. Or like, I'll give you a little bit extra for it. But I mean, you're talking like pennies on the dollar. Like people like, really don't give a shit that much, but it's kind of nice. Maybe someday this will matter, but it doesn't matter now. Overnight, that seemed to switch. And cereal mints and jersey mints were like flying through the roof. They were going for much more than they'd previously gone for. And then it's kind of died off for a bit. People kind of care, but I don't know. I just, I think like the basketball, because of even, even it's, it's almost this like um, self-fulfilling prophecy where I think a lot of us think that all the top shot nuts are going to come in and want the low cereals. So we think the low cereals will matter more in the basketball product. Therefore they will inevitably matter more because we'll all right. pay more for them because we think they matter more, so they will matter oh. more. Do you know now what I mean? Dipping into, now you're dipping into what Bill Gates thought was so stupid about crypto as the greater fool theory, right? Which is which is a slippery slope in crypto, right? Is like that somebody else is going to want it more than you do right now, and mm. that's why you're holding it. And that, obviously, I'd say a lot of NFTs are like that right now, not just Top Shot and So Rare. A lot of them are, hey, somebody else is going to want this more for more later. Um, yeah. And I don't I don't disagree that 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 it's that way and that even I feel that way in a lot of cases. So I think I think for so rare. Um, but you're you're touching on something that I think is really good is something you really to start to prospect on at this point that if you flash forward a month, the NBA season starts. So rare launches their product. Um, you have a, a decent percentage of the top shot population coming in to check it out. Just look around and see if they like it. Um, I think those, I don't I don't know what those people will do. Maybe they'll come for some of the low cereals, but. I think they're going to come. They want to. I think just like you guys, they want to come in. They want to use what they know about the NBA to win. That's it. Yeah. You know, I think they're like they're like. Listen, I know that this year, Clint Capella is going to be an absolute beast with rebounds. He's going to be the leader every night. That's probably not true, Clint Capella. But um, <laughs> they want to. They want to say like, I know that, and I'm going to come in and I'm going to win every night with my my lineups or my fixtures, as you call them. Um, you know, and that's that's what they're going to want to do. And then as they learn the game, maybe some will gravitate towards the the more valuable uh, collectible pieces like serial members and 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 whatever. Is there anything we haven't discussed that you think is interesting that you wanted to cover? Other than that, I can. What's wrong? What's wrong with SoRare? What does SoRare suck at? Like, what are, what are people mad about? Because you you we have a lot of in, in Top Shot. There's a lot of drama. Um, yesterday, I wrote a Twitter thread about why people are enjoying uh, NFL All Day, which is the uh, fantastically gamified product from the same company um, for NFL. Why people are enjoying that and why people are struggling with Top Shot, and that caused a lot of controversy. But a lot of people didn't like that. Um, what you know, and we we have a regular doses of drama every week in Top Shot. Um, what's 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 going on in your neck of the woods that that pisses people off? I think the reward structure is the big one. The rewards okay. consistently piss people off. Um, so basically, you build mm-hmm. lineups, you win or don't win um, divisions. You you play somewhere on the leaderboard, and rewards are dished out. The order of which those rewards are dished out is a big bone of contention because players' mm-hmm. uh, values 
are so volatile at times. People can get an injury mm-hmm. um, quite often. Maybe not enough rewards are out. I think at the minute, you know, things are getting more competitive. There's more cards over time. Therefore, there's more users. Therefore, if the mm-hmm. rewards don't scale with the amount of cards and users, it gets the, right. the percentage chance of winning reduces every day, you could argue, which means that it gets much, much more competitive. There's other issues and all people like to buy into the hysteria of certain things and lean into stuff, you know, before the ML, was it before the MLB? I'm having a, no, you know, recently a big thing we had was so rare launched like league two, um, like a league two thing where they're now eligible. This basically means mm-hmm. in European leagues, the top five leagues. Yeah. It's like England, Spain, Italy, Germany, and France. They, they, they made it that, okay, well it used to be if a player goes to like the second division of any of those countries, they, they right. aren't really usable in in the so rare game they're they're unlicensed mm, now but right. overnight they essentially oh, changed wow. this and said oh you can use all these now which is great because it adds <sighs> more utility adds more prospecting right. the problem was that for about two or three weeks before that there were a couple of accounts buying up hundreds of thousands worth of these cards to flip into them so it was like insider trading essentially so that right. caused friction but I think all in all, everyone's very happy. I think the bigger debates are generally around the, around the longer term sustainability of so rare. You know, right. if we're all buying more cards and there's more cards coming and we need more users to buy more cards, to win more cards, to buy more cards, to win more cards, it does look a little bit ropey. But, <laughs> but, How do we keep the pyramid scheme going? Is exactly. The main question exactly. That's right what now. it starts to look like. But the, but the, the difference with so rare is that. There are other revenue streams. They have got huge licenses. They can branch out into all sorts of different things. They do have real-world experiences they can give away. And if you can give away Mm -hmm. things that are priceless, Mm. you know, if you can genuinely give away experiences and accessibility Mm -hmm. to people through those licenses, and if you can give away cash prizes, that adds yield to it, and as opposed to just cards and cards and cards. I think there's Mm -hmm. things Sorare can do, and there's things I'm not even touching on now that they can be innovative with. Um. I genuinely hmm. I just think there's a lot they can do, so I kind of hold on to that and, and trust the process. Right. But I think that is a general bigger concern for people. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe people, if people are listening to this, disagree or, or have anything What's, else to add. What, is the, Twitter, ma- what but, is the management like on So Rare? I think, like, I think what, they're like, solid. I, I, how, how vocal are they? Like, how active are they on Twitter and how much do they connect with the community? So they used to be very good with communication. They used to put out like regular AMAs and just ask me anything. You know what an AMA is? Sorry. Right, I know. What it is. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm on the yeah, internet. Sorry. Yeah. Every day. yeah I sorry. What that is. I, my dad wouldn't know what one is and neither would like my sister. <laughs> so I was like, I better clarify dad. this. <laughs> <laughs> my old cousin LG, he won't know what an AMA is. <laughs> you know, um, they don't know what AMAs are in Canada. So anyway, AMAs used to do all that newsletters and they promised to do this and this and that. And they were very good and, you know, they'd ask them all. But then it got to the point where they couldn't answer probably the 20 most wanted questions. So like they would put out like a, a forum, everyone would put their questions in, everyone would upvote hmm. them or downvote them and they'd ask the most most upvoted ones essentially. Got to the point, I think, where they couldn't actually answer any of them because they weren't allowed to due to ongoing negotiations or the answers weren't great. So they just mm. kind of stopped. Now, I had yeah. the CEO and co-founder Nicola Julia on yeah, the podcast right. in July. That was received, received really, really well. He was very, yeah. very open. He came across really well. Um, and I think in general, people are pretty confident. There's no calling for the heads of anyone you know right. i think people are generally very confident with the team i think the only the biggest concern another big concern has been they got that 700 million in funding and maybe 
the the rate at which they were employing or or scaling was getting at people because you know they still seemed massively um, understaffed, but yeah. they were looking for quality staff. Was their kind of line, and I think maybe now we might start to see the fruits of all that. But it's been a while since it was. It's been about a year now since that seven hundred million happened, and hmm. it feels to have taken some time before we've seen the real like. Uh, maybe argue, you could argue we're still waiting on it to see the true ramifications or whatever of that but right. yeah i think that's about it um, i've always been curious about how these companies deploy those hundreds of millions of dollars mm. and, and they've made know, hundreds of millions little... more <laughs> so exactly where does that's all it. that go exactly well, i think these well, licenses aren't cheap you know the licenses aren't cheap they've got nba mlb pretty much every major football league apart from the premier league the main one but um Look, I think that's about all we've time for. LG, Beauty. anything you want yeah, to say? Anyone, anywhere you want to send people? Anything you want to talk about? Or um, the last thing I'll say, John, and I don't, I, this is not—I don't know if you're how your community feels about this, and this is not a comment on the Top Shot community or anybody's community, but just more in general—is that like, I, I genuinely hope that there's space for all these products, and yeah. there's space for all the communities, and that the communities do cross over, and that they all enjoy this stuff. Like I think, like the whole point of blockchain and, and NFTs and this being accessible to normal people through sport, to me is like it should be fun. It should be fun. It should be an, a, a new layer of your sports fandom or whatever you want to call that. Like it should be, it should add to the experience, and it should be something that's really fun to do, and one that honestly you don't stress about too too much. Um, mm-hmm. And we're in the very early days there, where I think people get a little, you know, people get really upset about some of this stuff, right? And uh, take stuff really personally. And I hope we can move past a lot of that, a lot of the friction between communities and between, you know, collectors and the the people running the project and the content creators and all that. And like, I, I want all of these projects to do well, right? Like I want, if the SoRare launches their NBA thing, and even if the SoRare gets the NFL license to do the same thing, great. I hope there's space for all of it. Um, and yeah. I hope that there's, I, I like the biggest concern for me is like, is there a market for all of that? And, and, you know, how can we all as a community help the people running the projects find that market? Cause that's, yeah. that's the best outcome for everybody. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, yeah it's one of those where I, I think the competition between these different licenses or the different companies within the space that have the same licenses. I think it's brilliant, but I don't, and I don't think there necessarily needs to be one winner. I think they could be very different project product products, projects that exactly. do different yet similar things. But I think a thing we all lose touch with in, within these communities is we are all crypto slash NFT sport lovers who yeah. all probably, if you sat us down in a pub, even the troll who you hate, if you actually met them in a bar, you'd be like, oh my God, we have something in common that no one else has in common Absolutely. with me. And it's this little, I keep saying, I've said it about 10 times in this, this echo chamber, this little niche community that we all build up these little things. The people who hate me the most would probably love me the most if they met me in real life compared to random dicks they meet on a weekend. Do you know? Because we actually love the same thing. And it's it's very easy to forget, like, behind the screen, it's just another sport-loving NFT person. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's a great message. Absolutely. Cool. Well, look, if anyone wants to find you on Twitter, uh, I suppose the first mint. Um, the first mint, uh, or my personal one is at LG Set as well. You can hit me up on either. And uh, yeah, John, I hope we get to chat again soon. Whenever whenever the SoRare project launches, we're going to bring you on over to, to our show and um, we'd definitely love to do some streams together once that's up so we can kind of collaborate there. Sounds amazing. All right. See you later. Okay. Cheers, man.
that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want more of this, do subscribe and we will see you next week.